Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a favorite home improvement couple sharing their holiday plans and, of course, what they plan to eat. They are the stars of Hometown on HGTV, and they are making their holiday movie debut in the new Discovery Plus movie, A Christmas Open House. It's Ben and Aaron Napier. Ben and Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Where are you joining us from today? We're, We're at, at home. House. It's very glamorous. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any fancy like lighting or anything, so I'm glad this is audio only. <laughs> well, you have a beautiful home or or homes, as I should say, which we will get into in just a little bit. And we're also going to talk about your holiday movie debut. Um, but as this is the Food Network podcast, we want to chat all things food with you guys first, because I know you guys love to cook and host as well. Um, as individuals who are experts at really making a place feel like a home, how does food and what you're serving at the table really play into that perfect formula? I mean, for me, it's like 60 <laughs> percent the formula. Yeah. I mean, when you walk in the front door, isn't it great when you can kind of smell what's coming? Well, so that's smell what's for Aaron. Coming. The smell is like 75% of the experience of the experience. Yeah. And so if it's something cooking, it's even, it's even better. Yeah. No, it it is. Food is so important. I mean, we're Southerners, so we like to eat. We exercise (laughs) the table muscle. Uh, Interesting. So going to our, you know, respective parents' houses, when we go to Aaron's parents, like the meal is almost ready when you get there. You can smell it. Um, my family and my mom own. cooks exactly enough for the people who will be there. Right. That's it. No leftovers. <laughs> uh, my mom, on the other hand, my my parents sort of um they they sort of what would you call it? They're very free and easy with the schedule. And so <laughs> you show up to their house and nothing is cooking, and then they're like, "Well, I guess we need to get started." And you're like, "Okay, it's dinner time." So yeah, let's get started. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was. Yeah, food is a big a big part of it. Aaron is shocked by it. so my family. There's four boys. Uh, I have three brothers. We're all larger than you know, very very large people. Um, and my mom still to this day cooks a feast for every meal. And so there's always tons of leftovers and that sort of thing. Even though none of these men live yeah. in her house, none of us live there. Um, <laughs> Just Ben's dad, and that's it. Yeah, my brother. One of my brothers lives close by, and his family's over there for dinner a lot. So. Um, but anyway, Aaron's family, there's four of them and Aaron and her brother are spread way out in age. And so four in my entire house, that's yeah. not siblings. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, little no, family. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so food is, food is part of home, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. What, I mean, you talked about those, those smells. What are some of the smells like when you walk in to your own home or to your parents' home when, and you know exactly what is being cooked in the kitchen? Well, if you walk into our house, you're going to smell garlic. I'm, yeah. I, I'm an Italian cook. That's what I enjoy cooking. And it's it's what I'm best at. But if you walk into my parents' house, my mom always has something like Southern traditional yeah. casserole chickeny something. <laughs> she may do like roasted vegetables and deer steak. And like that's her big thing right now. She's really on... Uh, She's going through a deer thing right now. But <laughs> at Ben's parents, when I think of Ben's parents, I think of like roast and gravy and rice. Yeah. That's like that's a that's a big a standard Napier. Yeah, there were there were a lot of rice and gravies going on in our house, uh-huh. um, having to feed that many kids. Uh, but <laughs> it was for me, it's my mom's biscuits because she, oh. she, you know, everybody's mom makes biscuits and they're the best and all that. And mm-hmm. um, but my mom, the way she always made them. Was she would take like a uh, what size? Like a food service. Like a nine by twelve or bigger. Bigger, uh, bigger yeah, way bigger than that. Like a <laughs> big food like, service tray. tray and like a would, big sheet pan, yeah, yeah. the huge one. And then she would fill it with biscuit dough, and then they would, you know, she'd bake it, and then she'd cut them out in squares, 
like a restaurant would have to do. Right. And <laughs> so that's for me, it's biscuits. And my mom, Aaron's fascinated. My mom, uh, when we were in high school, I thought it was totally normal and like, oh, this is what everybody's mom's does. But every morning there would be something for breakfast cooked at our house. Oh, wow. And I just thought, you know, that was part of it. And then Aaron was like, no, I ate a lot of eggs. And uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, we had cereal <laughs> on my own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a. Uh, so for me, it's biscuits and my biscuits. parents, your parents, of course, we got the holidays, so that's our mind, but at your mom's house. Or your gumbo parents. is her recipe. Mm. Her signature holiday dish is her gumbo. Yeah. Have you taken on that that tradition as well? I've tried it once. On TV. <laughs> on TV. Yeah, we have a Christmas special coming up. But... It's all about food and my family's recipes. So this is kind of top of mind right now. But yeah, I've tried it once. And she said, this is great for your first time. <laughs> Which is like a, a perfect Southern, I'll take it. A perfect Southern lady, like, oh, bless your heart. I was I was just about to say, was that the equivalent of like a bless your heart comment? <laughs> or would does she actually mean that you did a good job for your first time? Listen, it's a complicated dish to make, so I'll take it. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Well well, let's talk about that special hometown Christmas in Laurel. What what makes experiencing the holidays in your town so unique? We have a really huge first weekend in December, and that's yeah. when it kicks off in Laurel. It's not the... So there are a lot of people who plan their family holidays around the first weekend in December because um, they plan to come home for that as opposed to coming wow. on Christmas. It's Pancake Day and yeah, the, the Christmas parade. The tree lighting in downtown. The open house in downtown. That's uh, this weekend. But no, no, no. There's one that they do in December. It's like it's closer to the magic Christmas of Laurel. Day. The magic of Christmas is closer to Christmas okay. Day. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the tree lighting. Tree lighting. The gala. Um, at the or gala. I don't know how you say it. At the art museum. The art museum. It's a black tie event. Um, wow. Christmas parade and the and the big pancake breakfast. Pancake day. Yeah. yeah. So all those traditions, they're just a part of your life, your whole life. And yeah. It um it becomes like the thing we look forward to, maybe more than like actually Christmas Day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Food. Yeah. I mean, for me, when, you know, I met Aaron and, and we started dating and we started, you know, spending holidays together, it was just like amazing that you have this magical Christmas weekend, three weekends before Christmas. Um, so it's like, you know, uh, you get it twice. an appetizer uh-huh. in the, you know, for the food world. <laughs> But and even those are surrounding. Mean, you've got at the gala. There's always an amazing catered meal for the pancake breakfast. The pancakes aren't that great. They are great, but they're amazing. <laughs> they are wonderful, and they are served with Koneka sausage on the side. Now I don't know how much you know about Koneka sausage. I don't. Well, it's an Alabama brand that is kind Maybe of specialty. Koneka County, Alabama. Evergreen, Alabama. It's kind of hard to find. It is the world's greatest smoked sausage. In the world. What makes it so good? It's the perfect yeah. amount of spice. They're, they're, it's not too the spicy. Flavor. And they, they have, like, you can get, like, a Cajun or a spicy or a... But the, the original is... I've never met someone who didn't say, like, that's oh, the best. This who's is the best it? I've ever had. Who didn't say it's the best. Wow. Sauce. You know how when you... Maybe this is just me. But when you eat a Dorito that has that perfect amount of seasoning on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what Koneka sausage just got, like, this really special proprietary blend of spices that yeah. is Koneka specific. Mm. Anyway, we're obsessed. I mean, what what is it like to to share, you know, these very special, you know, hometown traditions with your audience on the show? Well, I hope they find it relatable. Yeah. I hope that everybody has a version of this wherever they live. Like know? we didn't. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I never lived anywhere long enough to have, you know, these set in stone traditions that we we must do this every year you know for christmas because but also i had you know three brothers and um one jesse is a lot younger than the rest of us and so we sort of had the magic of christmas at home all the time mm-hmm. we had our own traditions um so i yeah i don't know i hope that there are more people that have magical small town christmases i mean it really is like like a stereotypical christmas movie yeah, but that's not even what the special is about. The special is about our family's recipes yeah. and the ones that we always cook every year. 
and I tried my best to make them myself and you know, it was good <laughs> for my first time. So that's pretty what else, good. What else did you make uh, aside from the gumbo? Yeah. The, you know, the bold, like oatmeal, peanut chocolate, butter. peanut butter cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a special name for them at my house that is R-rated and we couldn't say it on TV, but... It's a podcast, so I think we can say yeah. it. I think on the we podcast get, you can okay, say Okay, we'll say cat poop cookies. How's that? <laughs> um, that's what they look like. They're delicious, though. And so you, the, it's kind of like divinity, though. You have The weather has to be just right for them to turn out right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they don't always set if the humidity's not right. It was one of the first Christmases that Aaron and I were dating. Her mom made a bunch of them. And for some reason, like, Aaron doesn't eat sweets. I don't eat chocolate. Aaron's mom kind of eats sweets, but not a lot. And feels like her dad was like, I don't even like these. And so she gave me, like, this 10 of them. And I was driving to my parents' house, which at the time, they lived nearly five hours away. And so the whole way home... You know, I sat there, I was driving, and instead of stopping in the gas station and getting something, I was eating these cookies. And so now it's like, I will revolt if they don't make, like, <laughs> we have a cookie baking night. And they're like, okay, we're going to do chocolate chip. We're going to do sugar cookies and shapes. And I'm like, you know, what about the the cookies? <laughs> we're gonna- they're just for Ben, though. Just for him. You will you will protest if they do not make an, an appearance on, yeah. on the holiday what table. What else do we have? I can't remember. <laughs> uh what else we oh in the special we did glazed ham yeah my aunt bert's dressing which Ooh. i guess northerners might think of as stuffing but that is a completely different dish we did not <laughs> stuff the bird um what else did we make dressing and i can't remember the gumbo and it's, yeah, it's it. been a while and, and the cookies we... and the punch yeah I mean, I'm hungry just like hearing those things. So I, I can only imagine seeing it come to to life uh, on the screen. Uh, and, and for those that don't know, I mean, your show Hometown, you guys are constantly really reimagining and, and updating these homes. When you guys are renovating kitchens specifically, what is top of mind for you in terms of form and, and functionality? Durability. <laughs> and I'm obsessed with a one basin sink. Mm. It seems silly, but so one time we my life a, has been changed by a single basin sink. We missed the point. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't care who the architects are. We love our architects; they're amazing. But until you actually fill a space out, you don't really know. One time we messed up, and the island was too close to the other run of cabinets, and it just made everything really tight. Like when you opened the oven. You couldn't mm. stand and open the oven. You had to move to the side and open it. And we went back and fixed it, but it was a, it was a Would very, have been nice to it was know an expensive it mess up. felt a little tight before um, it was done. And it was one of those deals where, you know, the appliances weren't in yet. And we had to run, you know, we, we had to film the scene about the plumbing. And so we had to get the sink in the island. And then it ended up, like, once it was done, we were like, oh, shoot. And so that's that's <laughs> a thing that we're always... You know, once you mess up something like that, it's always front of mind. Like when you mm-hmm. start a kitchen, yeah. we're like, okay, let's think about how this is going to actually feel to open this, you know, oven right here. Are there any like must-haves or like clever updates that you have made to kitchens that really make that process of cooking and preparing a meal for people a little bit easier? I'm obsessed with under cabinet lighting. I feel like you can just see so much better when you're prepping mm. and cutting vegetables and I don't know it feels like something's missing if we don't have under cabinet lighting and we often don't do it because it is kind it's of it's a budget it's thing. a splurge it's a budget thing yeah but when we get to use under cabinet lighting it makes a big difference I think I, I'm a big fan we've always done we did it the first um our first project for us which was our our loft after we got married we did under cabinet lighting but it was, they were so cheap and, <laughs> but we loved them, you know, and we loved the way it looked and all. And then uh, when we did this house, we had them. And then when we redid the kitchen, we had them. And then when we redid the kitchen again, we had them. We had them and, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Big fan. I love that, though. Like, it's something that you obviously have kind of taken with you, um, you know, through future re- renovations that, 
um, you know, have that that spirit of that first that first uh, kitchen renovation that you did. Better. Yeah, every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a, a slightly bigger budget. Yeah. <laughs> what what kind of kitchen trends are you noticing lately? I try not to notice trends. I'm the yeah. wrong person to ask. So <laughs> this is the thing. We actually just had a talk with some of the executives at HGTV and Food Network. We were talking about how, like, we we really try not to watch other um, home improvement shows, and we also mm. try to not look at trends. So it's you know. so keeping things as personal as possible is always my goal. Like, if someone, if my homeowner tells me I love the color red. And I really, really, really love red. I'm going to give them a red kitchen. And I'm not going <laughs> to see a lot of that, you know, out there in the inspiration world. It's mm-hmm. just not, it's, if it's, it's not, it's not on trend. I don't care about it. Yeah. I don't care about what's on trend. And in that way we get to stay fresh because we never know what our homeowners are going to ask for. We were mm-hmm. just about to paint someone's kitchen uh, lavender which I'm very uncomfortable with the color lavender, but my homeowner loved it. And I was excited to like find a lavender that felt good that I could be proud of and that I knew she would like to. And then they found out their house had some foundation issues and they're not going to be able to do it. So I'm so sad. I was about to get my first (laughs) lavender kitchen and it's been Uh, jerked out from under me. But one thing that is a trend that we both like more from a quality standpoint is the use of more industrial or restaurant equipment in kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron and I, we've, and typically those pieces are usually American made and um, they're yeah. just, the quality is, and we know this because when we first got married, when we first renovated this kitchen, I bought cheap appliances that were on Facebook marketplace so they were, no, excuse me, it was Craigslist. Craigslist yeah. The OG. Yeah, it was Craigslist. <laughs> and they were cheap to begin with, and then they were even cheaper because they were on Marketplace. And, I mean, on Craigslist. And just like, you know, I mean, and they did fine. It was the same style of, you know, appliances that my parents had used. And, you know, and they did fine. And then when we when we uh, redid this kitchen the last time, we, you know, upgraded to like, you know, really like a Viking style range and then it changed the world when you start cooking with gas holy when you literally start cooking with gas yes a good range good oven is like it makes cooking so much more enjoyable it really it's a game changer right and when the recipe says you know set it at 425 for four hours or you know whatever whoa what are you cooking i'm not cooking anything but Whatever it's it says, three fifty for eighteen minutes is what he's going to be perfect. Yeah, if it says three fifty for eighteen, 18 minutes, minutes, that's more. Oh, uh, what are you cooking? I'm making cookies. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we're the wrong people to ask about trends. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, that's good. I like I like that, though. I mean, I think that is one of the things that, you know, people are drawn to you because of, you know, the the fact that you kind of just have this way about doing things uh, your way and, and really kind of preserving the charm of some of these houses. And now you're doing it again for your own house. You guys are the homeowners. You're the ones, you know, telling yourselves what you want. Um, As you are restoring and renovating uh, your own historic country home on the upcoming premiere of Hometown, uh, why was having a home kind of outside of downtown Laurel important to you and your family? Once you have little kids, you realize how you want them to be able to roam outside. Um, mm-hmm. Our girls haven't ever played with phones or tablets or iPads or anything. And we figure we grew up that way. We grew up climbing trees and playing in the dirt, going fishing. And that's what we want for them. <laughs> and it's so, an easy, I mean, it's an easy out to let them have a phone or let them have a tablet. And um, we found it was easier. It's easier to for them to find something to do and not want to be entertained out in the country um like our house here in town if it was in brooklyn this is a huge yard but compared to the you know the yards i mean aaron's yard at her parents house is five acres that's what she (laughs) you know exploring yeah land Uh, is affordable here too so it -hmm. just made sense to for us we found a very historic old home with acreage and you just don't find that 
Like there, there are no historic houses with lots of acreage. And we found mm. that and we thought if someone else it buys like, this. It felt like it was this, you know, like God said, here is this house that you need. <laughs> and it did feel that way. And we were like, I don't know. Do looking. And then we re- so Holly Williams is a friend of ours. We reached out to her and we're like, hey. What do you think about she the, renovates houses? She does a lot of houses. She specifically looks for historic homes with more than 10 acres or something like that. And we were just like, you know, we felt the the price for us felt expensive. It was, you know, nothing compared to even the prices in Jackson, Mississippi. And she was like, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. And we so then like, we had to beat Holly to it. Okay. Well, <laughs> Um, so it was just such an incredible deal and such a, such a great house. And we had been, because of the way that Aaron and I had grown up, um, you know, lived, both of us lived and I didn't live in the country. I always lived in small towns, but I always worked and, and hung out on farms that were, you know, right outside the city limits. And, um, so it was just the way that we had been raised and we wanted our girls to experience some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's hard to beat being able to walk to downtown to Shug's <laughs> yeah. and get cookie dough. Yeah, it's nice to have both, though. And, and you know, I, Aaron, I love this quote from you. You know, you say that when the girls come home at the end of the day, you want their hair to be tangled and the bathwater to be dirty. Um, what does that mean to you? Why is that important? I feel like it means they learned something that day. They really did something. They saw something new. They explored they were little adventurers, and boy, I have gotten my wish. The bathtubs stay filthy at the farmhouse, <laughs> and that's awesome. I have to actually rinse them out after the girls bathe, um, but I'm loving that. But it's something that we don't, like, we never have to do that here. Never. Mm. And that makes me feel like, did they really enjoy the day? Because little ones, they want to see and do and and get into things. And in the country, they really can. It's been yeah. awesome to see the way they. With May, May, uh, with May, our one-year-old, if she's fussy or whatever, you can say, "Do you want to go outside?" And she like stops what she's doing and runs, and runs to the door because <laughs> she wants to be outside. Yeah, and then you can just let her. The she roams, and the dog walks beside her and makes sure she doesn't get into trouble. But it's a special way to grow up spending a lot of time outdoors. And that's, that was a big part of who we were as kids. And it's kind of all we know as far as parenting is that that was good for us. Mm -hmm. And we want them to have that. As far as, you know, the design of the house and, and kind of making some of those decisions was approaching your own space more or less complicated than, than doing it for a client. Way more. Way more. (laughs) But also more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't sleep a lot in the first part of this year. January through March, we just didn't sleep at all for (laughs) a couple of reasons. One, Helen saw the old 1950s Frankenstein, like five minutes of it. And she didn't sleep for six weeks. She did not sleep. So she wanted daddy every night. He didn't sleep either. I was laying there awake thinking, did I choose the very best light switch cover? (laughs) That's what keeps you up at night. Yeah. Did I choose the right switch plate? Should we have another light in the bathroom or do we have enough? I know we're trying to avoid can lights everywhere in the house. But would it be good? Would it be good to have one in the laundry room, in the mudroom? I mean, you just second guess yourself so much when you're designing for yourself. And we have the advantage and also disadvantage of having renovated over 90 houses. So I've seen a lot of options. I know what's out there. Yeah. And then, you know, and then well, your your team, you know, your electricians and your plumbers, they also know what's out there, and they mm-hmm. you know, they give you more options. And they're like, you know, it's going to be really dark in this corner. Are you sure you don't? No, sir. We want it to be moody like that. But what if you're cleaning and you want? And then you're like, <laughs> so it was like that for an entire six month process. But wow. I'm really happy with every decision. There's nothing I wish I, that we had done differently. What were, what were some of the, like the non-negotiable elements that you really had to include in this dream home? Um, Aaron has a list. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, okay. I'll just give you a very, very few things. Sure. But for me, I really wanted unlacquered brass for our plumbing fixtures everywhere. 
because I love the way it's called a living finish and that it, it changes the way a copper penny does. Mm. Copper and brass are both beautiful metals that age in different ways. And I wanted that. And I was obsessed with the kitchen from Downton Abbey to downstairs. <laughs> Our house is Tudor style and a brick Tudor. It's, I mean, it feels like you're walking into England. You walk in that mm. door and you have crossed the ocean. And we had to have a kitchen that would like rise Worthy. to that occasion. Yeah. It needed to feel... And the, the previous owner, so the previous owners, the kitchen was great the way they had done it. It was um, solid white oak cabinets with white oak um, countertops. And it was really unique the way they had done it. But they were a petite family. So the, the, countertops, the countertops were very low. Uh, Men is six foot six. Yeah. And he <laughs> likes them to be one inch taller than standard height. So I like them to be two inches taller than standard height. We compromise at one inch. Yes, because I'm a normal size person. But in the the uppers, only like I could easily reach the top of the upper cabinets. Like just mm. uh, so we we and we were changing the layout a little bit. Yeah, so we had all new cabinetry, and I don't know my other non negotiable is lamp light everywhere. I I don't <laughs> like overhead lighting ever really. I guess we <laughs> gathered that from the conversation we just had, but yeah, lamps everywhere. Good lamps. Which meant that you had to have plug-ins in the right places. <laughs> Did we film a scene where we went around? Yeah. Yeah. We actually made a scene out of... I'm sure they're not going to use it. <laughs> well, I mean, if they did, it'd be interesting because it was because it was our house and we we were thinking about, okay, we want... Where would I put my stand mixer? I'd put it right here. We want a plug-in here. Yeah. We want to put a lamp on the, on the countertop right here. Can we have a plug-in? Under, under the bar stuff like that super boring super boring stuff no no, no i think it's fascinating i mean i also think it's fascinating like how this house came to be in the first place have you guys done any research on like who the original owners and, and builders were and why they decided on this you know tudor style home so mr moore um went and fought in world war one and he lost his leg and he was stationed he was, in England. He was in Europe. Oh. And he came home and he wanted to build his wife a house like these houses he had seen in England and, and in Europe. And um, so he, he built a Tudor-style house. He didn't use any uh, – we don't know who. He hired a carpenter who moved to the farm to build it. But he – if you follow history, um, something happened around the time of World War One. Um, that made um, alcohol hard to find. Mr. Moore was a chicken farmer. At one time, it was a, he, our farm was the largest poultry farm in the state of Mississippi at one time. Um, but also, he was known for making some, growing something else there on the property. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was a bootlegger. He was making uh, moonshine. And mm. the house, actually, when we went in the basement the first time with our architects, they said, oh, my gosh, these builders were so ahead of their time. They would park their vehicle under the house because there's garage doors in the basement, carriage doors. And I said, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't get that cold in Mississippi. Why would you Why would you need to park your car in the basement? And then, the like, when our first group of subcontractors came to look at it, several of them were from the county, and they wanted to go in the basement to see if the doors were actually there because they had always heard about them. Because he was a bootlegger, he was a bootlegger. famous bootlegger. He'd pull his cars and they really would, load the moonshine and then leave in the cover of night. So that's wow. the, the lore around town. That is so fascinating. It's the most incredibly well built house I've ever been in. I mean, it's built like a church, it's built wow. like like a cathedral, like it's it's extremely well built, and it has these giant two foot by two foot pillars in the basement that are formed concrete, and then it's got these sixty five foot long uh, twelve by twelve pine beam. It's incredible. This is a food network. Podcast. Sorry, yes, no, I think it's I think there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> we would love to discuss. The intricacies of wood with you right now. But suffice it to say, it's a really well-built house. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm sure, you know, already feeling like a home. Are you guys going to be hosting the holidays at that house? Yeah, I'm sure. There Both. Was, yeah. 
We but, haven't. We have. We had Easter at our house at the farm. We haven't discussed Thanksgiving. Is traveling uh, is a lot of traveling, and it'll okay. be at my grandparents. And then, yeah, we don't know about Christmas yet. I'm sure we'll have something. Yeah, something will be there. Coming up next, Ben and Aaron talk about making their holiday movie debut in the Discovery Plus original movie, A Christmas Open House. Well, well, safe to say you guys are a festive family. And uh, as we've kind of alluded to, you are making your holiday movie debut in the Discovery Plus original movie, A Christmas open house. Uh, can you guys talk a little bit about this project and how you became a part of it? Yeah, it's, I mean, the tra- we haven't seen the movie, but the trailer looks like it's going to be pretty cute. Um, <laughs> we were asked by HGTV if we would be interested, but Originally, we didn't really know what that would entail or if we would be good. And we're not actors, you know, we, we <laughs> so we were like, huh, I really don't know. And they suggested that we talk to some of the people who, you know, like Reed Drummond, um, mm-hmm. Aaron talked to her and Reese said it was the most fun she'd ever had and absolutely do it. Really? So we said, okay, we'll do it. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Hilarious that a, a actual movie production came to Laurel, Mississippi for a few days. There was um, a lot of hubbub around town over that. And you're play. I mean, you talk about that you're not actors, but you're, you're essentially playing yourselves, correct? Yes, it was. My name is uh, Henry Wright. I'm an avid woodworker and fisherman. <laughs> I'm Sarah Wright. A designer. Designer and artist, yeah. And so it was, that was the only way we felt comfortable doing it, was that we were essentially playing. Yeah, it's a good way to ease into scripted entertainment, <laughs> just to play yourself with a different <laughs> name. I, I mean, that was going to be my next question. Obviously, you're used to the cameras after six seasons of the show, but... What what are the differences and challenges of working on a scripted set versus what you do normally? Um, making it sound natural. But then, yeah, going out there and like, okay, so we've got our lines, but we know exactly what we're going to say, and we know what he's going to say. But then he said it in a certain way with this inflection. So now I got to change, so I gotta change the way that I'm going to say it so that it sounds like an answer to what he's saying, the way he said it. And so, yeah, honestly, the... The, what made it easy was getting to know them. Yeah, Katie and uh, Victor. Victor. How much, I mean, like, how much direction did you receive, like, while filming? And and how, how well did you take the direction? They just <laughs> let us go. It was mostly... Really? Um, like, stand here. Stand here, you know, make sure you land here. Make sure, so there's a scene where we're, we're all out walking through a park and we start dancing to, there's a uh, someone playing guitar and singing. Um, and... Aaron and I are supposed to be dancing and kind of kind of turning and we had to make sure that we timed it so that we turned and we stopped open the camera at the right time. So like things like that. It's like basically choreography was the hardest part, but there was no direction about say it this way or say it that way. <laughs> say it with more emotion. Yeah, they just let us go on all that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean for anyone who has not seen the trailer, what what is kind of the the premise of this of this feature film? So David and Melissa were friends growing up and Melissa's parents, uh, Melissa's mom is getting remarried and her family home. They're going to put it up for sale. They are. Mm. And uh, Melissa has had a big city job in Atlanta as staging houses. And she's wanting to try to sell the mom's house, the family home. Yeah. And her mom says, that's fine, but you got to use David as your realtor. That was her middle school mm. crush. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, sparks fly. Sparks fly. <laughs> and snowflakes fly. They are doing some minor updates on the house to get it ready to sell. And they reach out to us, Ben and David. Henry. Oh, I'm sorry. Henry and David <laughs> are old friends who go way oh. back. And he wants us to make a couple special projects for the house. So that's how we get involved. Ah, that's so fun. I mean, we're. Was was there anything that was that kind of surprised you about being on set for something like that? The amount of people. Yeah, so many people. <laughs> like, like millions of people. <laughs> so with hometown, our crew that's on set, our you know our quote unquote camera crew, is like 
five of them? Did you just say Crema Crib? Yeah, Crema. <laughs> so the babies both said Crema instead of camera. Anyway. There's like <laughs> six or eight yeah. people. But there's like a hundred. There's like six or eight people on the specifically camera team. And then there's, wow. you know, the seriously a hundred people were there. Yeah, it was so many people. It was wild. What did uh what was the reaction from like the people around town? Uh, a lot of curiosity, a lot of speculation, <laughs> a lot of made up stories about they're bringing in a hundred vintage cars for the scene and downtown. There was not a single vintage car. I have no <laughs> idea why that, it was in the news that that was happening. Yeah, actually. I don't that. know. So many rumors people made up. The, the, there's one scene with a vehicle and it's David's vehicle. It's a brand new truck. And it's just, there's one of the guys on the crew who drives a pickup truck. So I don't like, know. Can we use your truck for this scene? And everybody is very matter-of-fact about it that are sharing these rumors. They're like, this is what's happening. Jamie, where are you from? I'm from I am from Montana, so I can I can relate. I grew up on a farm and, uh, you know, my my hometown is a little bit bigger. But um, but I I, I know how like the local news and the the gossip mill like works. It it gets around pretty fast. Right. It did. (laughs) And, And just it's amazing how much everyone knows. That knows nothing. <laughs> who actually know nothing. Yeah, exactly. But they think they know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they will report it as fact. Um, are you guys planning to to have a viewing party? We, oh, my gosh. You're like the fifth person to bring that up. We didn't even think about it. We have not thought of that, but we should. <laughs> somewhere. You should. Like, you got, maybe your mom can know. make some gumbo. Maybe. <laughs> we need to get a big blow-up TV screen and watch it somewhere outside. Cozy at the at the farmhouse. Yeah, yeah. Th- throw a big sheet on the the outside of the house and put a projector up. Thank and you for planning our party, Jamie. I know. <laughs> do you want to come? <laughs> yeah, this is a great idea. That's what we'll do. I Seriously. love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about? Would you guys ever consider writing your own movie about how the two of you met? I don't know. Uh, I don't think we're that special or important. <laughs> Ah, oh, come on. Write a book about that, and that was fun to revisit. It's my favorite oh. love story. It's a good love story. And it happened at Christmas. Well, I have to hear the love story now. What What is the love story? Oh, you don't know. So we... Well, for anybody that, that doesn't know, I, I know a little bit. Well, so <laughs> we met... Well, I had this crush on Ben for like two years in college. He was... It was a year and a half. We were only... It was freshman year, so wasn't it? Yeah. Sophomore. I don't know. I had a huge crush on Ben for a long time because he was... Very popular. He was like in every club on campus, and it was a very small. Campus. It was a small. It was like <laughs> thousand people. It's not that small. Anyway, the yearbook. I was the design editor of the yearbook, and now also I had a. I can tell you the exact moment I saw Erin for the first time, and she stood out to me because she was walking across the cafeteria at Jones Junior College. So I think they call it Jones College now. She was wearing like loose fitting jeans, which were not the style, not the mainstream style at the time, and uh, a tight t shirt. Mm. And she had <laughs> interesting that you lingered on that. <laughs> she had just cut her hair um, really short. It was a pixie cut, and he was obsessed with Meg Ryan in the 90s, which I was too. But mm. um, he tells me that's why he noticed. But um, anyway, the yearbook was doing. Feature stories on the 10 most interesting people on campus, and they were polling, you know, who do who are these 10 people going to be? Everybody raised their hands. The first person they said, Ben Napier. That guy is awesome. And I was like, <laughs> I can be there for that feature story. I will help head that up. And so <laughs> we ran into each other so many times on campus before then, but had never spent any time together. And so that was the first time we ever met really and spent time together and six days later we decided we would get married (laughs) we were inseparable like from the moment (laughs) we first hung out we have not been separated since december 7th 2004 2004. yeah wow december 13th i told her i was in love with her and i was gonna marry her not true we were separated you had to go home for christmas for two weeks and it was just (laughs) devastating it was a week i was only going a week i came back It it felt like a year 
It is a lovely story and one that we are so um, blessed to be a part of, you know, just having a, a little snippet of your of your lives on, on television and, and here on the podcast. So we do appreciate you guys sharing all the stories. Um, we're going to finish things off with a little uh, rapid fire round. And then we have one final question for you here on Food Network Obsessed. Uh, so first rapid fire question, who would play your characters in a movie about your life? So if it's modern day, Chris Sullivan, he is Hollywood Ben Napier. They're good friends. This is a hilarious joke to them that they're like <laughs> the Hollywood I hope they're Mississippi listening. versions of each other. So are who they? would play you? I don't know. Can we get Meg Ryan from 19? 19- yeah, I was going to say, I think Meg Ryan's Meg got Ryan, to do it, right? 1997. Yeah. <laughs> you got me era. That's, Meg Ryan. That's my wish, yeah. But if it's I going it. back to college... I don't know who would play me. I don't know. We don't know any young people. Well, you probably have to have multiple actors, yeah. obviously, yeah. play the, yeah. the college version and then the present day version, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Rate your acting skills on a t- scale of one to 10. Whoa. What's 10? <laughs> Ten's the best. Ten's the best. Ten is uh, James Gandolfini and The Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we won't say what number one is. That would hurt someone's feelings. So. I don't know. <laughs> Because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. That's true. Know. Okay. Maybe we'll have to revisit this Let's question after after the viewing party. Five, baby. That's Two, good. five. <laughs> All right. Can you guess each other's favorite holiday movie? Well, yeah. you probably know. Mm-hmm. I feel like yours is either The Holiday or The Family Stone. I love them both, but those are uh-uh, not my favorite. I think we might have the same favorite. Home Alone. Oh. Ah. No, yours I mean, is that's... A Wonderful Life. Yeah, mine's It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Home Alone 1 or 2. I don't have a preference. I love them equally. It's a classic for sure. You can only choose one Thanksgiving side. What's it going to be? Dressing. Dressing. Yep. Right. Got to be dressing. With cranberry sauce. The can. <laughs> Not homemade. I like the, j- the, homemade. the jiggly can I with the slices, I, right? I, now, I don't, I don't turn my nose up at any cranberry sauce, but I like... The homemade just as much as I like the can. I like the can. I like it to sound like Alpo coming out of that can. <laughs> That's the good stuff. <laughs> I mean, I can hear it coming yeah, out of the can right now. <laughs> uh, all right. Holiday song that you know by heart. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That's my number one. That's yeah, this is Ben's <laughs> no favorite all. genre. But Judy Garland, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And listen. I had a stressful day yesterday, and I said, I don't care. I'm doing it. And I went to <laughs> Holiday Traditions on Sirius oh, XM, and it was my song. It was oh. it was Judy. And I thought, uh, oh, I needed this. This is so good. Okay, but well, what you, is your Judy. number one? Thank you, Judy. You're so great. <laughs> I don't really have a number one. Like, I, I them love all. them all. Mm. So do you, I don't know if this is common. I feel like this is kind of common knowledge now, but I work out in the mornings. To Christmas music. Like all year round. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's either a psychopath or he's just real jolly. It started during COVID because it was like, well, the world's burning down. I'm going to get Christmas out of this. (laughs) You're like, I'm making sure that I'm getting this in. Maybe he's Santa in disguise. I think that might be it. (laughs) He started my day on such a joyful note that I was like, I'm sticking with this. I, I, I can see that. I can see it. Uh, best Christmas gift you ever received as a child? Rock tumbler. Best Christmas gift? Um, Rock tumbler. Okay, so this is a combination. I've answered this before, but it's a combination Christmas. I because have to explain my rock tumbler, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, I need I need more context on that. It's like, you know, there's like science toy catalogs that come out. Anyway, maybe not. But it was, you put this little bag of rocks and the rock tumbler and it tumbles for six weeks. And when you open it, you have precious gemstones. Wow. Did it work? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I just enjoyed every day going in. My dad set it up in his garage workshop and I would just walk out there and look at it. Still going. (laughs) Made me happy. I thought I'm going to get diamonds out of it in just a few more weeks. So for me, in one For specific me, it was Christmas, the journey, not the destination. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you don't care what you got. No. Just the excitement of what might be in there. Yeah. Um, for me, it was this one specific Christmas. My brother was born November fifth, so I, I mean, Christmas starts November first, right? So, <laughs> nineteen ninety three. My brother was born. We oh wait 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 back up. We moved to a new house that was on a farm. 
it was, you know, we had all this land and everything. So we moved to the new house. My brother was born. We got a basketball goal and we got a new Ooh. dog. That sounds like your mom oh, was just super a dog. Out. That's what all of that sounded like to me. <laughs> we moved, we had a baby, and we got a new dog. It was and a basketball hoop. Fantastic. <laughs> and when I look back at pictures, like that that Christmas that felt, was childhood. It felt so mm. magical. You were nine. I was ten. Ten. Mm. Mm. It does sound pretty magical. That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> I also got some moon shoes one year. I don't know if you remember moon oh, shoes. I do remember those. They like yeah, those are pretty cool. dangerous and could have killed myself on them, but I loved them. <laughs> but you were jumped. very excited yeah, at the time. They're trampoline shoes for each foot. That sounds like a <laughs> torn in I would never let my children jump on those things now. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that we had as kids that were are probably very very dangerous yep. as it turns out. <laughs> we turned out okay though, right? Yeah, here yeah. we are. Here we are. All right. Well, our final question that we ask everybody here on Food Network Obsessed, um, and this is not rapid fire, so you can take as much time as you want. Um, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So, and you guys obviously can answer differently. They can be your own personal food day. We want to hear your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and your dessert. So, and there's no rules. Like you can spend as much money, you can travel, time travel, anything you need. You got it. Okay. Um, my breakfast is definitely going to be like the best croissant sandwich mm. ever. Like a very fresh and flaky croissant from Balthazar. The Balthazar, yes. in New York City, the Balthazar breakfast croissant sandwich. It has ham and gruyere. And then my lunch is going to be a tomato basil bisque with a grilled cheese on brioche mm. bread, like fried in butter. Yep. And then my supper is going to be a huge Greek salad with a really great, really strong feta dressing <laughs> with pita maz. Yeah, Yum. that's what I want. And no dessert because you're no, not a dessert you don't person. No sweets. All right. If no sweets. Some tiramisu available, I might eat a bite or two. Yeah, I just always want a bite. That's it. <laughs> so for me, what's your breakfast? What do you think? Steak and eggs from somewhere. No, I'm going breakfast burrito. Breakfast oh, burrito. I love a breakfast burrito. I am. In a Mexican dive in New Mexico. Yeah, we just. We did this recently. We went to a dive <laughs> in New Mexico where he had chips and salsa and a breakfast burrito. The best thing about it is that everyone in there, I was like, Holy, these people have no idea who we are. We don't have to worry about anything in here. Like they're. They're not paying attention. And when we stood up to leave, I mean, it's all these like. These men who were filthy and worked on farms and. Or uh -huh. oil rigs or whatever. Like you, but you could look at them and tell like. They don't watch TV. They're not watching HGTV if they are watching TV. And uh -huh. when we stood up to leave, they all were like, you're the, you're the people from, from, from HGTV. Hotel, from, from, from the show. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> yeah, we are. That's funny. Yeah. So anyway. did, it, did the burrito have uh, the hatch green chili yes. in there? Yeah, so good. Um, I've recently discovered that. Um, and breakfast burritos. So that's my breakfast. Okay. It's Love not it. going to be French toast. That is like your favorite breakfast food. You can have, I mean, you can have as many breakfast foods Balthazar, as you want. There's no rules. French toast. <laughs> yeah, Balthazar. French toast. I, I think Balthazar is our breakfast meal. We have to do this together. We're doing this together. We do everything together. Okay. Does anybody know if Balthazar has a breakfast burrito? <laughs> mm. No, but there's a there's a really great spot in Brooklyn I can send you to that has the New Mexico. It's a specifically New Mexico place. So maybe you could do like a combo. We're going to New York yeah. in two weeks. And oh, now well, we'll have time I, to go to Brooklyn. But It's called Santa Fe, so you can't forget. <laughs> See, this is the problem is like, I love a good, you know, French bakery breakfast. But I also love a good, you know, Mexican breakfast. And we don't have that here. Like, you can't, in, in Laurel, you can't get a breakfast burrito unless it's fast food and it's not mm. good. But then I love a, you know, a traditional, traditional diner, Waffle House style breakfast. Okay, let's get to lunch. All right, so lunch, <laughs> there is a, a place in Jones County that I... I will not say the name of it um, because it's my secret place that I go and have burgers. But I'll say Phillips Drive-In is a. It's in Laurel. An equally mm. good burger. It's an equally good burger, and that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to have a. I'm going to have a, a number three jumbo basket 
because this is a dream lunch. I'm not. I'm not it worried is. about calories or no nope, calories don't count. Heart health. I'm going to number three, <laughs> jumbo basket with tots, and I'm going to have a cherry sprite with it, and I might have a milkshake. All right, which milkshake? Maybe just a vanilla. Okay. <laughs> and then what's for supper? Can you guess what my supper it's is? It's going to be a steak from Delmonico. We're going to Delmonico's in New York. Okay. And we're going to have, uh, I'm going to have the Delmonico. And that cream I'm gonna spinach. Have a, I'm going to have cream spinach. I'm going to have, it's like a loaded potato, like a twice potato. Um, but I'm also going to, it's a really good lettuce wedge, uh, wedge salad mm-hmm. that I'm going to have. And for dessert, one time when I was a kid, my mom made a cake. It was like a Coca-Cola cake or something. It was like a chocolate mm-hmm. cake type thing. And I don't even know if it was that good, but it was just, at the time, it was so good. And I always think about it. And I never asked for it or anything. Red Velvet's my go-to. Okay. That's where my that's where my mind's at right now. I mean, sounds like a, a great day. I think the only decision is is you guys deciding, um, you know, which place you guys are going together. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you how Delmonico happened for us? Yeah, sure. Please. For me, this is a great story. It may not be that really, it may not be great. But <laughs> so we were for our honeymoon, we were going to New York City. And um, it's Christmas time. It was Christmas time. My parents, uh... neither one of my parents had ever been to New York at the time. And um, my dad, my dad's, both my parents are ministers. And our dad, my dad officiated our wedding. And uh, he was talking to us and he was like, Where are you going for your honeymoon? And I said, I'm going to go to New York City. And he said, oh, you got to eat at Delmonico's while you're there. And I said, what is that? What? I'd never heard of it. And he was like, that's what everybody does. And I said, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? In the cowboy movies. And he said, oh, yeah, you watch old cowboy movies or old gangster movies. If they go to New York City, the first thing they're going to do is go to Delmonico and get a mistake. And so I like took him up on it and I researched it. And at the time I was in graduate school and I was taking a class called, uh, who's the professor had, uh, he'd done his thesis on the history of restaurants in America. Mm. He said, where are you going for uh, your honeymoon? And I said, we're going to New York city. And he said, Oh, where are you going to eat? And I said, I I think we're going to eat a steak at Delmonico. And he was like, Oh, fantastic choice. And so I was (laughs) like, what is, why is my dad? And it's to this day, it's the best steak we've ever had. And maybe it's just because we were they were leading the witness, but it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best steak we've ever had in New York. So we always go there. Yeah, I think I mean, I think food also is is so much, you know, tied to memories and yes. and, the, and the way it makes you feel. And I, so I totally get that. And I, I love Delmonico's, too. It's it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, I love that. It sounds like a, a perfect day. And um yeah, thank you guys so much for for taking the time and sharing some of your life with us. And we're so excited to to see the movie. Yay! <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jamie. And for the idea for the party, too. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> You're so welcome. All, All right. right. Thank Bye, you guys y'all. so Bye. much. Well, I personally am a Christmas music after Thanksgiving person. Uh, not sure about the, the workout music, but... Whatever works for you, Ben. You can catch this couple on a Christmas open house only on Discovery+. Plus. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. 